They say confession is good for the soul. So here goes. My confession about spiritual rhythms and practices. I am really not a good example of what to do. Or perhaps it's better said, I am a good example of what not to do. Over the years, I've tried all sorts of things in all sorts of ways to bring spiritual rhythms and practices into my life. I've tried fasting, and then invariably, I will eat a huge meal just before starting the fast so that I can fill myself up to tide me over. Well, didn't work. I've tried journaling, and I'll get one or two days into writing a journal, and then I feel pretty good about it, and go back, and it's like, I can't even read my own handwriting, and it didn't work out. I try getting up super early to have my quiet time uh, of prayer and Bible reading, like my dad would often do it uh, at 4 a.m. I've mentioned this before. And so, just to be honest, I'd spend the entire time just trying not to throw up because it was so early in the morning and all I wanted to do was to get back to bed. I'd start a Bible reading plan and within the first week I would already be behind schedule. Anyone else kind of feel that way sometimes? Well, I found this video that pretty much sums up what my approach and experience of spiritual practices has been like in my life. So let's watch this. This is me in spiritual disciplines. Well... I don't know if confessing all of this has made my soul feel good, but if it made you feel better about your own spiritual practices in life, then you're welcome. So anything to get you covered. Last week, we began a new series called Rhythms for Life, and we're looking at different spiritual practices that can help us grow in and deepen in our relationship with God. Pastor Ken shared about the rhythm and practice of Sabbath where we take a day a week where we don't work or we don't do anything that's related to work, and instead we can focus and set some intentional time aside to rest and to feel recharged and refreshed. It can be as simple as enjoying a good meal or going out into nature and getting caught up in wonder and the beauty of it. Or taking a nap. Hello, anyone think that that's spiritual? Because it can be to get rest to get uh, just renewed in ourself. Sabbath is a gift from God that can help us to renew and to recharge our lives. And so I hope it was an encouragement for you and something you can creatively experiment with in your own life and rhythms. Well, this morning we are going to talk about prayer and Bible reading. And obviously that's a huge topic to try and cover in 25 minutes. So I just want to focus on a couple of things that I think can help us to consider in our lives. For some of us, prayer and Bible reading is as natural and a part of our lives as a fish breathing in water. Something maybe you've done regularly and consistency, it's just part of your spiritual life and growth. And I want to commend you, if that is you, I want to commend you for the faithfulness and the beautiful gift and example that that is. For others, Prayer and Bible reading is a challenge. Maybe it's hard to find consistency, or it just doesn't seem to connect. Maybe you've gotten discouraged because of it, and I want you to know it's okay. God isn't looking for perfection here. What he's asking for us to do is to show up in the moment as we are, 
to open our lives to him and to receive his love and his grace for us today. Well, prayer is a major theme that runs throughout the Bible. We see all sorts of examples of prayer that are given. Prayers for healing, prayers for confession, prayers for thanksgiving, prayers for help. We also see rhythms of prayer that are throughout where people incorporated into their lives, including Jesus himself. We read that Jesus would frequently get up early in the morning and he would go off to pray. Other times he would spend all-nighters in prayer. He'd also go off by himself to a quiet, lonely place, or he could pray by himself. But he'd also pray in busy moments where crowds were around him and asking for help, and he would take a moment to pray to his father and to uh, immerse himself in that rhythm. Prayer is what shaped and formed Jesus. We read these words in Luke chapter 4, that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit to go out into the wilderness. And so coming out of his own prayer rhythms and practices, Jesus hears this call to go to an unexpected place, a place that is lonely and difficult and dry and barren. But Jesus responds to the invitation of the Holy Spirit and heads into the desert where we are told that he is tempted by the devil for 40 days. It says Jesus ate nothing during that time and was very hungry. And so Jesus is tempted three different times. And each time he responds to the temptation with these words, the scriptures say, the scriptures say, the scriptures say. In fact, here's what Jesus said explicitly in response to the very first temptation, the one where the devil comes to Jesus in his physical hunger and he taunts him to turn stones into bread. Jesus says, people need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. And so just as prayer shaped and formed and led Jesus' life, it's also clear that the scriptures, what we call the Bible, also shaped and influenced Jesus' own life. Jesus didn't have his own personal copy of the Bible. I don't know if you've ever stopped to think about that, but he didn't have what you and I have. The reality is that the Bible as we know it today didn't exist for Jesus. In fact, surprise, surprise, the New Testament hasn't even been written yet and wouldn't be for decades after Jesus' own death and resurrection. But what we can take from these different scriptures is that Jesus would have learned the Hebrew scripture, or what we call the Old Testament. He would have participated in the local Jewish synagogue, hearing that word uh, preached on the Sabbath day. He would have, uh, he helped to read it publicly, we know. He would talk about them and debate these scriptures. And so the point is that Jesus knew them and he allowed them to guide his life. And in the same way, there's this invitation for us today to be shaped by prayer and God's word in those rhythms. So I want us to try something. This is the first time I think that we've done it here on a Sunday. If you have your phone, I want you to pull it out right now. So just go ahead, grab your phone. And we've got a slide here, so you can either go to slido.com or just scan the QR code. This is all anonymous, so don't worry. This is not shame. This is not guilt, nothing. Uh, but we just want to get re some real-time feedback here. And you're going to see a blue box at the top that says join as a participant. And all you need to do is simply put in the code 10th UBC. So we'll give you a moment to do that. And there's going to be three questions that we're going to 
uh, walkthrough that we're they're going to show up on the screen. So uh, we'll have this QR code up on the next one. So Ian, if you want to go ahead and do that. So the first question is, how often do you pray? And we've got a few different options here. Daily, weekly, monthly, or rarely. So as you vote, we're going to see this kind of come up. Hopefully that's the, uh, that's the ticket. And... No one's clicked submit yet, so we'll just give that a second. So, oh, are we live? Do we have to? You're getting what? Oh, it's not showing up on there. Okay, interesting. Okay. Oh, there we go. Oh, perfect. All right. All right. There we go. Give you another 10 seconds if you haven't uh, weighed in yet. So 53% daily, 28% weekly, 14 rarely, and monthly 5%. So again, no guilt, nothing that way. It sometimes helps just to see uh, what other people are experiencing. All right. Let's move to question number two. Similar question. How often do you read the Bible? Same choices that are here, daily, weekly, monthly, or rarely. Give you another couple seconds to, uh, to weigh in on that. Again, thank you for participating in just uh, your honesty on all of this. All right, before we put up the third question, let me explain this one. This one's a little bit different. It's not going to be a poll, uh, but it's going to be a word cloud that's going to populate here. So this is kind of fun. So um, what makes this kind of cool is that the more that a certain word is used, it's going to get bigger. So it's going to tell us a little bit more that's there. Um, and so we're going to type in the word. So here's the question. And you can put in one word or a couple words. Uh, the simpler you keep it, the better. But what are some of the challenges that you experience in praying or reading the Bible? What are some of the challenges that you experience in praying or reading the Bible? So you can add to it. So once you submit a word, you can go ahead and add a second word uh, and to go from there. So already we can see. Look at you guys go. Give you a few more seconds here. Oh, that's a great one. Oh, I forgot. Sorry, Mom. Love that. That's great. Well, as we can see, I mean, some of the words coming up here, consistency, motivation, time, focus, distraction, some of the other ones, boring, sleep, skeet. All right. Well, over this last week, I have spent some time asking myself this very question. And even though it's a bit painful, maybe even a bit embarrassing at times to answer, I find and found that by stopping and actually answering it, 
and honestly looking at it and deconstructing a bit of what's going on, it's, it's quite helpful. So here are a couple of reasons I'm going to add to it that personally I've identified for myself of why I seem to struggle so often in that consistency in prayer and Bible reading and why it's been difficult for so, so often to actually incorporate that as a regular spiritual practice and rhythm in my life. And so here's the first one, and I think we saw it show up as well. But I've, I have found that familiarity often leads to boredom. I'm the type of person that gets energized by new ideas. I want to be challenged by something new. Throw something new at me. I want, I don't like uh, boring stuff. I want to be energized by change. I want to get challenged. I want to expand my thinking and my experience. And so a lot of times when I pull out my Bible and I start reading or I start to pray, I find that my mind will often wander. And a lot of that has to do because I'm like, well, I'm familiar with this. I've read this already. I know what it says. I've heard this so many times. And so it, a lot of times it doesn't feel very fresh or new or even relevant. And so whether I say it out loud or whether I think it in my head, it's really the statement, I know this already. Well, here's the second thing I've identified in my life. That a lot of times I will read the Bible or I will pray for the wrong reasons. So sometimes when I'm reading, I'm reading just to accomplish the goal. And I've talked about this before. A lot of times I catch myself of like, oh, I just want to try and get through it. Let's see if I can get through the, you know, the New Testament in X amount of days. Or let's try and beat a record here. Or I'm, so I'm trying to accomplish a goal of some sort. Or I'm reading it just because I know I'm supposed to. But it doesn't necessarily bring life. Or I'm reading it to discover knowledge or something interesting or a fact that is there. Or I approach it as an instruction manual or an answer book or maybe some type of a cookbook and say, okay, I've got this question. Let's feed it into here and let's try and find the answer. And all of a sudden, or maybe I can, like a recipe, like a cookbook. Okay, as long as I follow steps one, two, and three, I'm going to end up with this great recipe and this great result that's, that's going to happen. And so a lot of times we can approach the Bible that way, and that's not really what it's designed to do. Or I pray going through lists. Some people find lists really helpful. I don't. And again, everyone is going to be different. But a lot of times if I'm praying through a list, it just feels mechanical. It just feels like, ugh, here we go. Just got to force myself to kind of get through. Where do we go from here? Even as we saw some of those answers that are up on the screen, whether prayer and Bible reading is a regular part of our life and practice, or whether we're struggling with it now, or whether we find ourselves somewhere in the middle, is there a way that we can all be intentionally taking some steps towards it and letting it grow in our lives without feeling guilt or shame or added pressure? Are there some ways that we can take some beginning steps to engage or to re-engage with God, to connect time with him in prayer or through Bible reading, through spending some intentional time with him. Well, I love how Eugene Peterson writes these words of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 11. Here Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. And work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Aren't those such beautiful, hope-filled words? 
Faith in our spiritual journey is about learning unforced rhythms of grace. Not trying to make it fit into a box or to a formula. Not trying to make it happen on our own, but leaning into this open posture with Jesus. Allowing his grace and love and presence to bring us to himself. And so when it comes to prayer and to Bible reading, I want to leave you with two words today to consider and perhaps to see them as an invitation from God. It's what I'm reminding myself about it, about. It's what I'm beginning to take steps and renewed steps in. And so if the only thing you remember today are these two words, I believe that they will make a huge difference. When we talk about prayer, Oftentimes we get bogged down and overwhelmed by so many things. Well, how often should I pray and when and what do I say and how do I do this and should it look the same for everyone? But what if we start here? What if we use and say listening is the starting point for prayer? So when we talk about prayer, I want you to think about the word listening. Prayer is about listening. There's this wonderful story told about Mother Teresa. And she was being interviewed by Dan Rather, who was the anchor of CBS at the time. And Dan asked her the question, what do you say during your prayers? Mother Teresa answered, I listen. And so Dan turned the question around and he asked her, well then, what does God say? She smiled. And with a twinkle in her eye, she said, he listens. I love the simplicity and power of that story. This reality that we don't always have to say anything. That we can simply come as we are and just rest and be in God's presence. If we just began there when it comes to prayer, I think it would change us in new ways. And so what if, instead of trying to figure out styles and routines and words, we simply practiced listening? and turning our attention towards God's presence in the moment that we find ourselves in. In the last number of sermons, if you've been here over the last number of months, I keep coming back to that theme and practice of listening and being present. Because of the difficult and challenging events that our family has been walking through, to be honest, these days I find that I don't have a lot of capacity to use words. But I have tried to listen. And just to simply be present to God's presence. To allow whatever emotions I'm feeling in that moment to flood over me. To allow myself to be honest to what I'm thinking and feeling. And just really to allow God's love to hold me. That's what prayer looks like for me right now. It may look the same for you. Or it may look different. But how can you practice and engage in prayer as listening? Here's a few other ways that you can consider. At 10th, a number of our people use the Centering Prayer app. And so you can uh, download that at, in the app store. Uh, we've got it on our spiritual resource page as well. But you set a timer and it leads you through a written prayer or scripture and then gives you some space just to meditate and to think about a phrase or that scripture that's there. You can get... Uh, you can find these online or hard copy uh, prayer books. And prayer books have been around for centuries of prayers that have been prayed by people uh, in 
the, in the church and monasteries and uh, all sorts of places. And so you can just follow along. And if you may not know what to say, just to take one of those prayers and to be silent, just think about it. The point is try different things to experiment. And if it doesn't feel life-giving, it's okay to switch it up. Try something else. Go for a walk or listen to the sounds of nature or take a scripture and just savor it and just think about it. But I want to encourage you to start there. So engage in prayer by listening. When it comes to Bible reading, I want you to link it to the word story. Don't read the Bible just to get facts or information or a set of black and white beliefs. That's not what the Bible's about or what it's for. It's been said that the goal of Bible reading isn't to get through the scriptures. It's to allow the scriptures to get through you and me. That's a big difference. That's what creates transformation and change and growth within us. So my encouragement is to pick up your Bible. And whether it's been an everyday rhythm or whether it's been a rarely situation or somewhere in the middle. And immerse yourself in the story that's here, the story of God that is found in Jesus, and the story of God that connects to your story, to your life, to your moment. I love how Pastor Heather Zempel says it. She says, at the core of the Bible is a story about a passionate God who is on a relentless pursuit of his people. No matter what's brought you here today, no matter what you're going through, no matter the ups or the downs of your reality, I want you to hear that again, that God is on a relentless pursuit of you because he is for you. He loves you without condition, without reservation, whether you do spiritual practices or not. He desires you and I to just be open, to open our hearts and our lives to his love and to his presence. And so jump into the story. If you're not sure where to begin, you can go to the beginning of the New Testament. The first four books are about Jesus' life in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. On our 10th UBC page, which we've got right here, you can scan the QR code. That'll take you directly to it. Under our spiritual resource page, we've got a number of different links that can help you. Uh, one of them is Version, which is the second one uh, at the top. That's a Bible app that you can uh, get into. It has different Bible reading plans, and so you can pick different themes. Uh, whether you're new in faith or you want to go deeper, it's a great starting point. And so plans can help sometimes just to guide us if we're not sure where to go. Things that we can think about and listen. Another idea uh, is to pick up a new translation. And so you can do that on version or at your local bookstore. That's what I'm doing right now. I've picked up a translation I haven't read before. And I'm reading it in an order I haven't read before. Because I found that when I'm just reading in one particular translation after a while, it goes back, familiarity leads to boredom, and it's like, oh, I've read it this before. I know what it's going to say. And I'll say this, the translation I'm using right now is not an easy one. Um, and so it's just, it's throwing me off because it's like, I haven't heard this before. Or, oh my goodness, I haven't heard it in that way before. And so sometimes just experiment, see what works for you. And so sometimes using a new version can do that. Okay, last idea. If you are not involved already, I'd love to encourage you to join one of our life groups. And life groups are a great way to connect with others who are going through similar journeys, who may be asking the same questions that you are. And so life groups are a great way, an opportunity to come together, to study, to read the Bible as friends, as a community. It's this opportunity to get involved in other people's lives and stories, to pray for each other, to encourage each other. 
because goodness knows we all need that type of encouragement in life, don't we? And so a number of our life group leaders are, I think they're here today. I see a few of them. But if you're a life group leader, can you quickly slip up your hand? I know not all of them are here. Peter's here. Tony and Bonnie are over there. He and Young Jin are up there. Um, so again, you can scan the code or come and talk to someone afterwards, but would really encourage you to take a step. As we head into a new week, again, want to encourage all of us to take a new step or another step in the spiritual rhythms of prayer and Bible reading. And so listen, open your life to Jesus' presence, to God's presence in this moment and space. And then number two, immerse yourself in God's story, listening and story. Because as you listen and lean into that story, you will find yourself opening up in new ways, growing and being transformed from the inside out. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. It's the gift that Jesus invites you and I to receive. May it be so.